You're listening to Paint the Town podcast with your hosts, LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of. Paint the Town Podcast, episode 88. What's up, bro? 88, dude. We're getting there. Getting close we're to getting, 100. Man. I know. We're going to have to have somebody special on for number 100, man. Because, uh, um, but, uh, you know, we may, we'll get there, you know, soon. But uh, maybe we just do uh, you and I. Maybe we just have us, you know? Let's yeah, know. yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I can't that's wait. started. To, I can't wait till we get back in the studio, though, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, everybody's telling me, hey, we need an event soon. You know, um, I got, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just not the same. You know what I mean? I, dude, trust me. I, it, the last uh, episode we did with, uh, with Laser, luckily, um, I guess maybe because we weren't using the, his video, it was just his um, audio, that there were no seizes. It didn't seize up at all, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It went really smooth, that one. So, um, it is nice to have dude, when it. Yes, and stuff like when that. When we were yes. having the one with, with uh, King Create, that was killing me, man, because it just kept stopping, and, and it was like, oh, that never happens when you're in person. That's the beautiful thing about when we go and, and actually meet with these people in person. Um, that, you know, just there's no, not that worry of, oh, please don't be saying something really good and when it seizes up, you know, because then we got to say, hey, man, can you say it again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was actually tough because um, that right before I left, um, we were doing that actually that that podcast with King Create, and you know it was about nine o'clock at night, and and it just kept on stopping, and it was such a, a mind fuck that it it actually was. It took me forever took to edit. To, to be honest, I was just like, oh, but dude, but you know what? I, I edited it out. People can understand it and everything like that. And uh, you know what? What's really cool is that um, after that episode, you know, Snyder, who curates the uh, Carlsbad wall, basically, he was like, you know what? Next month, we're going to have a black artist because of everything that's going on, basically. And then uh, and I connected him with Create, man. So, uh, you know, you know, they're talking and he's going to go down there and do some wild style on the uh, Carlsbad wall. And, uh, you know, like I said, we just need to support each other. And uh, uh, this is what I'm talking about, man. It's a network. It's a community. Yeah, dude, that's that's funny because Snyder hit me up too, and I was like, same thing. I hit him back with King Create. I was like, dude, this guy. He's like, yeah, I have a call set up on him today. Perfect. I'm like, that's your guy right there, man. I mean, he's he is also really good with uh, talking with people. So um, when I did that, when I was there and did the Carlsbad Art Wall, um, you know, a lot of people actually stop by and will talk to you. So that was one of the things that I enjoyed about doing that uh, project because, um, and Brian is out there hanging out there with you, uh, helping to tell people about you and represent you as well. So I, I really look forward to him having uh, King Create out there, man. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. I'm just thinking like, it'll just be nice to have some like, well, like, you know, I, I, it's already now it's July, right? So you know, I remember at the beginning of this whole mess, Trump was like, you know, it might be until August or September, you know what I mean? So I'm still kind of like thinking like, all right, it's going to go till then. But uh, hopefully by the end of the year, man, we can have some sort of event because it's killing me, man. No partying. Um, but you know what? I did get a uh, 
some live stream equipment, so basically. So uh, we can actually live stream the show in the future um, on our YouTube channel, right? And then it's like some stuff that you can change angles, like five different angles. And, uh, you know, we, we can get some like creative stuff going on with that too. Maybe like we can do a, a like an art, you could do an art piece and I'll DJ or something like that too. And then it'll be it like a sounds video. Sounds good to me. You know, thanks to our Patreons, man. They're, they're out there uh, helping to continually support us every month and, um, you know, doing stuff like bringing this new equipment in to do the, the live streaming is, is, is part of it, man. You know, you Definitely. guys help us out. We're going to put it towards more equipment and trying to make things better for you guys. Um, uh, you know, we just had uh, laser on, uh, laser 3.14 on our last episode. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to uh, connecting with some of uh, his friends as well to bring them on you know, and just help networking and, and building our, uh, our audience as well as <clears throat> the people that we bring in. So, um, you know, just keep consistently doing what we're doing. That's it. Yeah. Today we have some, uh, uh, really special guests, man, in the graffiti world too, man. I mean, you know, uh, one of the, one of the podcasts that like, uh, has supported us also is like the, uh, man one's podcast, man. And, uh, he does oh, the podcast. Yeah. Man one, man. I love that dude. Love seeing his work around town as well, man. He has a really distinct uh, style to it. And uh, using, I would kind of call it using color fields for certain parts of uh, the image that he uses. Mm. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the aesthetic is just really amazing. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's one of my favorite guys. And we'll have to do uh, a little segment of... Uh... Check your feed. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, um, you know what? I was actually going to, I was uh, looking through this during the intro. I just wanted to uh, see if I can get this on there. You see that? Yeah. Where so I'm holding my phone up, and this is at the BSR Ranch in um, Waco, Texas. Okay. And uh, so basically, I stopped by there on, on the way back and had two uh, one hour surf sessions. And okay. so this, this machine actually pumps out these waves, three wave sets, and then they let it calm down a little bit and they pump out three more. So you get nice, glassy, perfect, about 15 second long rides mm. um, every single time. And there's only, they only let nine guys out in the water at a time. And so you go in rotations of threes. And that was by far the most fun I've had with surfing and I, I can't remember when I mean it just have guaranteed waves like that every three waves um you know it'd be nice to go down in the middle of nowhere in, in Waco Texas but um you know it's uh there were a couple of things about the wave that were slightly different than the real thing um like whenever if you're inside the tube it just it breaks in one spot and there's no water rushing up under you to, to shoot the lip out so there's no lip power really I'm gonna pull this up real quick. Uh, apparently, there's some. Video. Oh, you're gonna look him up on the uh, on the net. Yeah, there's a couple of um, videos, um, you know, by uh, I think uh, Ben Gravy uh, has been there. Uh, Jamie O'Brien, um, who is GOB, has been there uh, surfing. Um, it's called Lazy so River. The, no, no, this is different. No, no, no. This is different. Okay, okay. Oh wait, it's next to that. It's next to that. Oh, That's part okay. of the water part. Oh, that okay. Is the, yes, okay. BSR stands for um barefoot surf ranch and oh, okay. um so it used to be uh for barefoot surfing 
And mm. so they expanded it and then made it into a water park. They got these slides that you're showing right now. And um, just basically slide off that and go flying into the air. Um, I mean, they and, pull up uh, the, uh, the wave pool. But the, uh, so, the, yeah, and they have a wave pool and they have an area where they have cables that are being pulled around. And as you just, you know, you have a constant cable, almost like a boat pulling you around uh, a circular um, track around a lake. So, um, it's uh, it's an amazing place. And when I was there, um, you know, there weren't. It was it was very safe. I mean, I was wearing my mask. Um, very, there weren't that many other people wearing masks, but you didn't come close to each other at all. Um, you know, I mean, you wow, you walk in the gate. Yeah, I mean, there. Um, it's uh and, and you know it's like guaranteed the wave's coming every so there's not that fighting for the wave that you have to deal with out in the surf um yeah raw beefs that's <laughs> that was uh, one of the guys that was covering it um but uh yeah dude that's you know i highly recommend it if you're a um if you're into surfing and you're going to be passing across middle america um bsr surf ranch is uh is definitely where it's at um how was that drive though? I mean, besides, you, this is the only place you stop, basically. Well, on the way back, yeah, on the way back, um, that was about a uh, a twelve hour drive from from Destin, Florida, and mm. so you know I stopped there and surfed at four o'clock for an hour, and then surfed again at seven o'clock for an hour, and then uh, you know hopped in the truck, got back on the road, and that was. That was about it. That was the funnest two hours of the whole trip. Um, <laughs> no other than meeting up with, uh, with Augie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about that because that's so awesome, man. Like one of our uh, supporters, listeners, and, uh, you know, fellow artists, basically, 666 yeah. Augie, he's like, you know, always messages the show. and We referenced him uh, a few times on the show, but uh, you met up with him, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. The guy's a man of his word, you know, and uh, I dig him. Um, he, I, I thought it was going to be like some, possibly some young kid, you know, maybe early twenties or whatever, who knows, but, um, you know, he's, uh, early forties and, um, just really well-spoken and, uh, very knowledgeable and, uh, just a sweetheart of a guy. Um, the name and, of Fulia. <laughs> yes, absolutely. With a name like 666 Augie. Yeah. That's, but, you know, I put up a post about him. I was like, don't let the name fool you. He's, he's got a great sense of humor and an and awesome sense of love. He's, um, he's actually a, a chef. Um, and uh, so we, uh, we, we met up and um, <clears throat> actually took him back to the house to, uh, to meet my dad um, because wow. uh, he's, um, staying with his mom who he's helping to take care of who's in her 80s oh, and I when i first saw him and he had a mask on and everything so i knew that he was being you know following all the rules and everything and um so i felt comfortable bringing him back to the house plus my dad doesn't give a shit man he's not gonna wear a mask he'll shake hands with anybody he's, <laughs> you know has no fear of anything zero fucks my dad gives um but so then after uh after we went back to the house um you know, I had a, had some stencils with me, and we went out and went to this one spot. But, dude, it was crazy. Like I was saying before, all the bars and, and restaurants were packed in, in Destin. And this yeah. was about, you know, a little after 9 o'clock at night when most of the time they were had been closed. Most places are closed by 9 o'clock, you know, because of the curfew or whatever. But they had decided, I guess, to, you know, let it go. And so 
one of the spots, because there's very few spots in Destin to put up graffiti. It is a very conservative area, uh, a Trump area, actually. It's, it was, now this is one of the interesting things about being there, was having the TV on. My dad's a big TV watcher. Um, and listening to the local, um, you know, commercials and stuff and people running for Congress are like, you know, I, I was approved by Trump. Trump likes me, you know, and, and, this, and the other and they're like, you know, this is, uh, you know, they, they really speak highly of Trump, you know, and, and on the, the local news in the evening, you know, they're talking about this, that and the other was, you know, all about supporting Donald Trump. Um, and with all the information that, you know, is let out. Um, and, you know, my dad actually watches one of the Fox uh, News channels. Um, you know, it's easy to understand how people get this perception of them and, and don't understand all the things that, that are, are being done, um, especially with the, the Russian bounty situation. You know what I mean? Like, I asked my dad about that. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he basically said about this president, he's never had heard so much about a president. <laughs> That's just all his comments? That was just, yeah, I love my dad. He's very simple, you know what I mean? He, um, <laughs> you know, I, we, we talk about stuff that's in the news and everything, and he's, he's very aware of everything that goes on. I've made sure that he checks with all the different media outlets and everything, so he's not just single-sourced. And, um, you know, he was, they were military, man. They're, you know, conservative. You, you, you vote conservative when you're military. And, um, it's kind but of I mean, is Trump really conservative? <laughs> I'm just saying, well, like, you, he you know what appear I mean? That way. He's good at appearing that way to enough to Well, he's marketed that those. way, I guess, right? You know what I mean? He's marketed, I mean, he's Republican, right, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, oh, that's a doorbell, man. Dude, I'm so excited, good. man. Getting we're getting tired of the conversation. Let's talk to Doing my best not to talk about him, you know what I mean? Trying to... If I do, try to cut it short and not say so much because, you know. Yeah, hey. Hey, we got two. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, Sourdough and Man One. Those jams, man. Hey, what up? <laughs> now we have a party. Now yeah, you know what? Party, I don't man. think we've ever done four people before uh, on a Zoom conference, man. So this is our first time doing a. Uh, uh, four people, man. So, uh, you know, what a better way to uh, uh, do it than, uh, you know, I would say like our brother podcast, man, you know? <laughs> well, right away, I've already got some some uh, backyard envy with both of you guys. I'm looking at your at your backyards right now, and I'm seeing some nice tree and foliage, and it looks like some nice air going on there. Man, one, what, uh, yeah. what part of L.A. are you in? Uh, I'm actually uh, in the Sangamo Valley in Covina. Um, that's uh, that's where I live. Hey, I'm from, I... I'm from uh, Covina, West Covina, man. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I went to South Hills High School, man. And, uh, y y you know, I mean, right on the border, basically, right there. I grew up in SGV, man. So uh, always yeah, good my, to know. My, daughter, my, my daughter graduated from South Hills. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, where, where are you from originally, man? One? Um... Born in East LA, raised in uh, Alhambra. Okay, and, SGV. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much been San Gabriel Valley my whole life. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, pretty much I grew up in Alhambra. What about you, Sourdough? Yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, just trying to uh, keep it safe with the kids. You know, when the pandemic hit, we headed up to the hills and have been up in Mono County 
uh, for the last three months. So the uh, beautiful trees and mountains you see behind me, uh, you know, uh, we've been here for a while. So it's, it's quite nice to just be chilling here away from people. Oh, it turns okay. out people are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are, man. Yeah, so take the people out of the equation and uh, suddenly things uh, look up. I mean, uh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. We're all from L.A. here. It's kind of crazy. People just said, uh, fuck Corona, basically, right? They just started going out, man. A lot, a lot of people, you, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean uh, over the weekend, I mean, it's sounding like a war zone here in L.A., man. Yeah. People, <laughs> do you guys have that there in your area? Well, you know, interestingly, when we got up here, uh, we thought we'd be, you know, safe and everything would be groovy. Uh, but it turned out Mono County, uh, at least when the initial uh, – you know, pandemic hit and the quarantine hit uh, three or four months ago, um, Mono County was like the worst county per capita in California. So, oh, uh, you know, we're, you know, so Mammoth uh, Ski Resort is here, right? So all the tourists came in, brought it with them, and then they closed the mountain and everybody took off and left the, the virus here, you know? And so the hospital here is like 17 beds. Like they've got like two respirators or whatever, you know? So oh the sheriff God. really took this shit seriously and they just shut it down. And, and so people have actually been, you know, pretty good all things. I mean, you get caught without a mask and mammoth, it's a thousand dollar fine. Oh, okay. Wow. okay. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah, it's Man, good. It be like that everywhere, in my what? opinion. Put your mask on. What's, what's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> You're gonna get fined on on camera. Well, it looks like he's well, inside a domicile there, so that hopefully that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think the mosquitoes are, are too uh, too worried. You know. Yeah. Oh man. It's still Biden, huh? Well, dude, man. Yeah, right. I, that that was like my initial reaction to basically just want to go run for the hills, basically, right, and then uh, uh, you know, escape. But um. You know, with everything's just so convenient these days. Like, uh, I, I was just like, okay, this is like just uh, loner time, you, you know, especially for artists and musicians, you know, spend a lot of time in the yeah. studio and just work on current projects, you know. And luckily, we have this podcast to uh, get some com communication with uh, people going on, you know. It's nice to see some fresh faces, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm right there with you. You know, I forget which, uh, some philosopher, I forget who it was, said that, you know, man's problems, the majority of man's problems stem from his inability to sit alone in a room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely, right? Think about man. it, right? Was, and, you know, Pascal, so I understand basically. that. That was uh, uh, Blase Pascal, I think, you know what I mean? Nice. I, I love it. With, with dropping the knowledge, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I got Google here, man, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got all kinds of tools that he's just right at his edge. He's good and he's fast with you. Know, he's young, this guy, really young. <laughs> so, man, one, you uh, you mentioned that you have a daughter. Do you have any other children? Yeah, I have, I have three kids. Um, they're all adults. My 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 daughter's actually the youngest, and she's she just turned twenty. So, um, my boys will be twenty two uh, in a month. And uh, you're pretty yeah. much free, you're pretty much uh, dude, you look a bit younger than me, okay? I don't know what the hell is going on, what nationality you are, or whatever, but this this is a little yeah. fucked up, too. I got a little uh, you know, appearance envy going here, too, man. You look young, young and happy, and everything, and here I am, a fucking 51 year old white man looking at um. <laughs> He's just twins. What did you get started when you were like 12 years old? Dude? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> we started early. We started early. 
No, man, I just, uh, I mean, I got married young. I was like, uh, you know, mid-20s when I got married. And uh, we just celebrated actually our 25th year anniversary, my wife and I, last year. Right so we were, um, we were high school sweethearts. And then, um, you know, we had, uh, we got married. And yes, yeah, so I got married in 94. Wow. Oh, my gosh, my, dude. How old are you? Just uh, right quick, how old are you? Right now, I'm 49. Just turned 49, 49 years old. You guys are around the same age, basically. See, Teach, you had them late, man. You had your... <laughs> Dude, this guy can pass for a late 20-year-old. Look at this motherfucker, man. This shit's fucked up, man. I need to start getting into some skin uh, products or something. If you have any listeners out there that are, you know, got some nice, I don't know, CBD skin stuff or something like that you want to send to us, I'm happy to promote it. Um, well, we're, yeah, we're looking for sponsors damn, right now, too. You know, you know what I mean? So... Uh... <laughs> Okay, uh, hold on. What about so you, Sardo? Yeah, getting... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so, uh, dude, I, I just, I just uh, completed 50 spins around the sun. I just turned 50 a few weeks ago, and my doctor, though, says that based on my x-rays, for me, 50 is the new 60. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so we'll talk, you know, that's a whole nother, you know. Are you from now, LA? The, uh, what is the damage from the x-rays from? What particular sport? <laughs> That's that's classified information. I cannot uh, divulge, uh, uh, you know, too much. I don't want to put your life in peril. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, hey, let's just blame it on growing up in the Midwest. Uh, you know, lots of meat and potatoes and uh, and whiskey. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, where yeah, in the mis- so- where in the Midwest did you grow up? Well, I was actually born in Gary, Indiana. Okay. Uh, and grew up outside Chicago, about 40 miles um, on, the, on the shore of Lake Michigan. Mm. Nice. And um, Very so, nice. you know, but, you know, that was, you know, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. So, you know, that was an interesting time. Me you too. Know, uh, very segregated area. You know, Gary was the, at that, for those, a lot of those years, Gary was the murder capital per capita uh, in Jeez. the country. We're number and, one. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. And uh, so that was really interesting. But I mean, you know, for me, growing up where I grew up was a salvation because I had Chicago 40 miles away. So for me, you know, hopping the train, ditching school, hopping the train, going to Chicago was that was just, you know, recreation. That was just good times. And, you know, but if I had been born or raised 10 miles south, I'd have been a farm kid, you know. Oh. You have any children? I do. I got two that I know of. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey, that's honesty no, no problem with honesty Sorry, right. go ahead. and uh you know my wife tells me all the time she said ah oh, you know i really wish we had gone for three i'm like hey there could be a knock any day at the door you know don't don't give up don't give up too soon um you got, like, I, I, everybody I, loves I, raymond I, voice to you a little bit there hey, that's it. true that's true i, I didn't I, I you know you're right you're right uh he doesn't have a you know i feel the same way though man i'm always like whoo sweating it man like one day that knock might come and you know you might have to start paying you know you know what i mean how old are your kids uh no how old are the yeah kids? so so you know unlike man one see man one is an old soul <laughs> who was you know wise and you know because he was so mature and developed you know he yeah. was able to start early because he had that sophistication you know yeah that's what it was. i very much was a late bloomer on 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 many <laughs> fronts and so uh, I didn't get married until I was 35. And uh, 
you know, at that age, right, biology is not on your side when it comes time to getting pregnant. Turns out getting pregnant is really hard. I wish I'd known that at, at, at 17, 18, 19. Maybe I would have been less stressed. Um, anyway. It's, all, it's always funny because I hear people trying to get pregnant. And I'm like, this is the same guy from high school that you spent your whole life not trying to get pregnant. And it must be like a mind fuck when you're like, now you're trying to do the exact opposite thing that you were trying not to do your entire life. You, you know what I mean? You would have been fucking your heart out and not had a damn thing to worry about. It, it, is, yeah, it, it is a mind fuck, no doubt. And so, you know, the reality is long story short, cutting to the crash and whatnot. Um, you know, we, we ended up adopting. And so uh, we adopted. Oh, bless your heart, man. That's awesome. And, um, so yeah, so my my daughter's seven. Uh, we got her, you know, brand new right from the hospital. Um, oh, nice. and my son, my son is three, and uh, we'll all be working for him someday. And, uh, <laughs> sounds like my daughter. Dude, yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, man. How old are your hey, kids, Teach? Mine next month will be ten years old. Nice. And uh, you know what? We had problems getting pregnant as well. And um, luckily at the time, uh, the wife had set aside some money and we did the IVF way and um, had a few miscarriages, which mm. are horrible, yeah. horrible. Oh my gosh. But one thing I can tell you people out there, um, anyone who, uh, you know what? I'll give you three little nuggets of information when it comes to this. We'll move on. Okay. Um, anyone who out there is trying to get pregnant. Okay. Here's three very important things. First, go get a test, make sure you don't have a blood clotting issue, okay? That right there will be one big problem. Number two, when you have the um, choice of using either a three-day embryo or a five-day embryo, take the five-day embryo, okay? You're only allowed to put two in, but it's pretty much guaranteed those are gonna take a lot higher chance of taking than the three-day embryo, okay? And then the other third, the third thing is when you're doing the transfer, when they're taking the embryos and putting them into your birth canal, be put under sedation. Um, that is the three big things that we discovered with my wife, and it changed yeah. the doctor's um, percentages. Uh, That's some great I info, man. Figure that out. I actually, helped them figure that out. The part about putting them under anesthesia when doing the transfer, because during one of the transfers, my wife was extremely uncomfortable, and I'm thinking to myself. I can't see, you know, embryos that are being implanted seeding well in this environment. You know, she's like in pain and everything, you know. And so the next meeting before the next uh, uh, IVF treatment uh, transfer, we're having a meeting with the doctor. And I was like, is that, since we're doing a 5D embryo instead of a 3D embryo, is that tube going to be bigger? He goes, no, it's the same size tube. It's, you know, the, the difference in a 3D embryo and a 5D embryo is microscopic. And he says, why are you asking? I'm like, I just remember my wife was in such pain. When you're putting that thing in her, I can't, you know, just thinking of an egg going in that environment. He sat there and he just stopped and was just quiet. And he looked down and I was like, I just saw the wheels spinning. And he was like, you know what? We'll try doing it with her under sedation. And when we did it, she was just as calm as could be. They inserted the tube. It was like nothing. And then they both took and bada bing, bada boom. Here they are. So yeah, and Bravo. the other the other bit of information is if you do have a miscarriage, that means that you have a like much more likely chance of getting pregnant the next time. So if anyone is out there having miscarriages, keep trying. That's it. Well, okay, teacher. No, 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 no. But I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to just add on top of that a little bit because Please my wife and I, 
did you know five rounds of IVF and we but we, oh. we started with the we started with the turkey baster right you know the, you know the IUI <laughs> and then we did the we did the IVF mm-hmm. okay so everything you were saying like totally resonates it's so important I'm so glad you said that but I also want to share something I learned uh, during Please. this whole process for your younger for our younger listeners you know maybe the college student who's looking for a, a, a side gig a hustle to make some money. I don't know about you, teacher, but I saw a huge opportunity for somebody to step in and curate the porn at these fertility clinics. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell like, you my quick little experience. You tell me yours. <laughs> you I know, yeah. I'll be we could do this all night. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep going, man. I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're gonna have each other all like quite a few. So let's just keep it going, man, because we'll get to the art, man. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave it at this. Beware <laughs> of the third drawer, okay? Your eyes cannot unsee what you see in the third drawer. I'm just, that's, that's, I'll just leave it at that. My, my, my experience luckily didn't have a third drawer situation. Mine was a little bit embarrassing because of uh, equipment operation. Like I didn't realize all I had to do was like push this on button and it was already in the middle of a scene and everything. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm looking around for the play. I hit play, you know, whatever. And it's like not working out and everything. And I'm going, okay, for those of you who are listening, basically before you, you go in this room and you, and you make a little uh, thing, you know, uh, create a sample to give to you know the fertility clinic yeah let them do all their tests and everything and so you know you step in this room and there's tv and everything and and you know i'm so i'm looking at you know it's not hitting play oh man so the worst thing you can have to do is to open that door again without having the sample and say hey i can't get the tv to work you know like I was right on the edge of that. And then right before I did that, I'm like, I wonder if, you know, cause the word, first thing they always say, if you're having computer problems, turn it off and on, you know? So I'm like, maybe if I just, and it went boom. And it was like, Oh, and it was like right in the middle of the scene. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> Got it. Oh, good We're good. Here, here we go. <laughs> Bang. Done. And I was right back out of there. And it was funny. Because another guy had gone in like a little bit before me in another room. And so I was, I had to sit back there for a little while and I was, you know, still sitting there for a while and that dude was still in there. And, uh, <laughs> the lady mentioned, I don't know why she felt it was okay to say this either. Now I look back, it's probably kind of inappropriate. She's like, wow, that's pretty good. You know, that guy's still, still in there trying. I'm like, <laughs> well, is that a yay for me? I guess. Thanks. Um, You're a fast learner, uh, man. Yeah. But you know what? Talk about diversity, man. We got, uh we got a man with twins we got a man with two children we got a man with two adopted kids and uh, a man with no kids man so like you know yeah the other point i was going to make was i was going to adopt we were we were we were perfectly happy with adopting before i met my wife i decided that you know what um i don't have any um desire to have my own kids um you know, I'm happy to adopt. I, I realized doing some kids programs that kids respond well to me that I should at least be mentoring or doing something like that. And so I figured, you know, if I ever meet a woman that already has a child or, you know, if we're going to get a child, I'd, I'd rather adopt because there's already too many kids here that don't have parents, you know, and as soon as we run out of children that don't have parents, then, you know, that was only, I, that's what I was always saying. You know, if we run out of kids, sure, I'll kick in and, you know, try to make some more, but 
you know, until we uh, run out of the situation we're dealing with now, I think that we should adopt, man. So I, you guys are awesome. all heroes, man. You guys are all heroes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm too I selfish, should... man. <laughs> I, I should, yeah. Exactly. Hey, exactly. Dude, you are an entertainer, okay, my friend? If you are an entertainer, then you get a, uh, you know, a special card, okay? <laughs> well, right. I, that's how I, I feel. I have a question for man, and I should know the answer to this because shit, man and I have known each other damn near 20 years. Um, man, how many shots on goal did it take for you to get Laura pregnant? I mean, did you guys struggle or was it like a. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, we, we also had problems uh, getting pregnant at the beginning. By the way, is, is it really loud behind me? No, uh, the, the, I, it, okay. it, it, it calmed down. Like we, it, I think the microphone automatically adjusts to your. Okay, good. Because the, the neighbor just decided to start mowing the lawn right now or something. So. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. That's, that's good that we can actually just hear you instead of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, uh, it's like 6 30 p.m. to start mowing the lawn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But, uh, no, we, we, we uh, you know, we, we were married for uh, a few years and two or three years and um she wasn't getting pregnant and so yeah we, we went and started getting some uh, advice and doing um different treatments stuff like that and so uh, you know on the the first the first uh, deposit or whatever you want to call it <laughs> sample that's sample. a good word good word yeah yeah she got pregnant you know Oh, and awesome! So, um, so it only took us one time um, in terms of the, God. Of the um, but there was a lot of issues with her. She had cysts uh, uh, and stuff like that that were being a problem. Mm. That's why she wasn't being able to get pregnant naturally the first time, you know, the first time and all that. So she had, had are, surgery and stuff like that. You guys are also responsible, and, man. No oopsies from any of you guys, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, so then, so then, um, and so I have twins too. So my first boys are twins. Wow. Yeah, so my oh. sons are, are <laughs> I know. There you go. My, my sons are twins. The special clubs, uh, Starry Sourdough. <laughs> and then um, you know, uh when they were what I guess like a year old or about a year old is when uh, we got pregnant with our daughter. And that was just natural. That was no, you know, I guess we had unblocked everything and uh yeah dude that's what i'm were, talking about Once the tubes were nice and well oiled and everything and it worked <laughs> well well oiled <laughs> <laughs> well there's two there's a couple of different types of oil you know what i mean <laughs> that's right. yeah 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 i love that man man it's, it's... Yeah, as, as, a, as a matter of fact you know i was happy with two i was like we have twins we're done you know two boys yeah, me and, too, dude. And, and we have two boys, right? And she was like, "No, I want to. I want a daughter, whatever." But we were thinking down the road a little bit, right? And so all of a sudden, one day, she walked into the bat into the bedroom, and she's crying. And I said, "What's wrong?" And she shows me the, the positive <laughs> strip, right? And so I didn't know if she was crying because she was happy or <laughs> sad or scared. Or I didn't. I and so I looked at her and I go. It's good news, right? Like that's yeah, right. Good. What you're, the you're, fuck's you're, going on? <laughs> I'm like, you're pregnant. That's good news, right? And she's like, yeah, but I don't want to get pregnant this, this soon and blah blah. I'm like, okay, okay, man. So 
But at least you have the daughter, and now everybody's happy, right? And and plus, your kids are grown, man. You're pretty much a free man. You you know what I mean? Yeah, you would would think. And we have, yeah. So we graduated. A father never never stops worrying, bro. A father (laughs) never stops worrying. No, it doesn't doesn't stop. It it just becomes a new level of parenting. and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of shit going on and it makes it difficult, but, um, you know, I mean, they still live here, you know, so I'm waiting to get them the hell out. Right. Like my daughter, most of my generation, most of my generation, yeah, they I mean, want- I'm considered like a gen X millennial, like kind of like borderline, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, yeah. most millennials, man, I mean, they, I talk to them and they're, or, you know, they're like, why do I want to leave home, man? I mean, like, <laughs> gotta be made. I mean, they, yeah. they don't understand the, uh, you know, I'm 16, I get a car, I get to go out and drive now because everything became, hey, why do I need to learn to drive when I have Uber, man? Like, it became, yeah, everything's I, like, why do I need to do that? What? One of my boys didn't get his driver's license until he was 20 years old. Man. How do- I mean, that, that's unheard of, right? Like, I, I was like 60 years old taking the test and trying to get yeah. my, my permit when I was 15 and a half and all that. Yeah. yeah now exactly. people are like, ah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, it's a different. It's a different I think time. at the end, you know, the video games are just that much sweeter now. Apparently, you know what I mean. When I was growing up, you know, I thought Street Fighter. No, was- they didn't have Uber, dude. They didn't. It's what it comes down to. Is they didn't have fucking Uber. All right, <laughs> they had Uber when I was a kid, and I know that I could have gotten completely wasted and 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 had Uber take me home or something like that. Probably have a lot more kids I didn't know about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it was probably a good thing. Yeah. Now that I think yeah. about it, let's get yeah, to some yeah. art. Let's get to so let's talk about yeah, some let's art. Let's get to some art, man. You know, so, uh, so hey, and since man one has the most children, let's start with him because don't you know he's got the most on his mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right, we, man one. Okay, so question: When you were getting, when at what age did you realize you were an artist? Um, that's funny because. Um, I've been drawing my whole life since I was a little okay. kid. My earliest memories are of me drawing stuff in class. Um, like what kind of stuff would you draw? Like preschool and kindergarten stuff. Oh wow. But okay. I was I was drawing like I like to draw a lot of animals. Um, when I was really young, yeah, I, I drew a lot of animals and landscapes, things like that. And then grammar school, I really got into like drawing um, cars and hot rods and and cafe racers remember those motorcycles that do that i don't know why i was into that and <laughs> dude then, i drew a hot rod when, well, I, was in like, in LA. Uh, when I was four I mean, years old in preschool i used to draw this one little hot rod with the big wheel on the back and the little wheel on the front and the little yeah. flames shooting out and everything i drew that thing over and over again i took it to, sc- to school and i was giving them away this is when i was yeah. four and five years old so there you go that's awesome you know, well, and also in that's la part of it I mean, part of the old school, like, you know, especially like Latino culture, man, like, you know, they do the hot rods and things, the low riders and things <laughs> like that. You know, I mean, were you influenced by that? I, maybe? I don't know, because my, my family, no one was really into cars. I'm still not into cars. I'm not even a car guy. I think okay. it was but just my that friends. Age, it's a natural phenomenon. Yeah, at that stage, yeah. I think my friends were, you know, uh, probably influencing me, showing me cars and whatever. But, um, but animals, I was into animals always, like, drawing parrots and birds and, and tigers. And I was really into animals when I was a kid. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, um, so, so 
going back to your question, I, I guess I've always been an artist. Um, I never knew that art was a career choice. I know it was a, something that you can actually, you know, pursue. <laughs> Um, I when did thought, you figure that out? Okay, wait a second. Were you like, yeah. were you the guy like me and several other guys who people came to in school to draw something? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, like in fifth grade or whatever, I was the kid that, oh, you know, uh, last period of the day, we need the solar system painted for the classroom. So <laughs> you get you get to get out of class for an hour early uh -huh. to go do the solar system, or uh, we're decorating for Halloween and you need to create all the all the decorations and stuff like that. So I was always doing that for teachers. Um, Dude, you were a pro from a young age. You're being commissioned. This is technically, <laughs> you're being commissioned at a fucking young age to produce artwork, bro. You've been a pro for a long time. I'm sorry. Well, well when I, the first time I realized that I could make money at it was a Valentine's Day. It must have been like maybe fourth grade, fifth grade. And a kid wanted me to, to draw a Valentine's Day card for his girlfriend. And uh, gave me like a dollar or something, you know? Yeah! <laughs> my first sale. Fuck yeah, man. And, uh, and then I did it. And all the other, all the other guys in the class were like, oh, well, now I got to get one for my girlfriend, you know? <laughs> no one wanted to be outdone, right? So, yeah. so I, I, that, I got a dollar from one man. guy. Got man one. <laughs> I got a dollar from one guy. I got a Slurpee from another guy. I got a burrito <laughs> from another guy. So, yeah. You know, I, I just figured out a way to schoolyard barter. Lottery, I love man. it. Trading. I love it. <laughs> so, Wait, let me ask um, you. Yeah, that was did, it, did any girls like? Is it just all dudes that were coming up to you, or were there all any girls? All dudes. All dudes. <laughs> Drawing was not was not a cool thing. Chicks weren't into it. Chicks weren't interested in it. Um, I thought they were going to be. I was like, oh, look at what. Like, no, no, all the dudes um, were just claiming the credit that you know to their girlfriends. Of course, the girlfriends, yeah, like yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. So, um, but I remember you know, I got into hip hop because you know, hip hop started coming around fifth, sixth grade, okay, when hip hop started happening here in LA or whatever. And so, um, I wanted to be a b boy, nice because the chicks like the b boys. Right. Yeah, they can they like dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And um, that didn't last too long because I ended up not being a really good break dancer. <laughs> and uh, so then that went nowhere. Um, and, but I was I still stayed into hip hop and I, I wanted to do then then I wanted to be a DJ. What MCs were you into I, uh, at the very beginning? I'm a DJ as a music producer as well too. Um, but yeah. I just, I'm just curious in early stages of hip hop, like. What uh what groups were you into that kind of like captured your attention uh, uh initially? Oh, back then it was like um, you know, it was like uh the Johnson Crew, or um, you know, out of LA it was like like King T or like um, um the Egyptian Lover. You know, I love was, that man. It's that's like a lot of kids would consider that old school. You know, people consider Tupac old school now, man. So. When I hear names like Egyptian Lover, I love that because it's like, it's like uh, bordering that electro <clears throat> era. You, you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. No, and, as, a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we didn't call it hip hop back then. It was like, we called it breakdancing music, right? And so that was like the, you know, like Soul Sonic Force and stuff like that, right? So that was like, we called that breakdancing music. And then, um, then there was funk. Um, and so... 
you know, hip hop didn't really become a phrase out here in LA till later, you know? Definitely. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, I, I tried my hand at DJing, but I, I, I couldn't afford turntables, so I was asked <laughs> out on that. I always and talk then, about uh, this on the show, how expensive of a hobby DJing is, and you should not start because it's just an no. endless money pit. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exhibit A I, here. I used to go to my, <laughs> to go to my friend's house because he, he, had, he had some 1200s, and so Technics. I would just spend all day at his house, and finally his mom kicked me out. She was like, you know. <laughs> You're, you're here all day using my son's turntable while he's watching you create mixtapes. Get the hell out of here. So he's like, and you want to eat dinner at our house too? Yeah. yeah. So that one, can the, I ask that, you, that the summer. Uh, what, what's your family heritage? Uh, I'm a Mexican. I'm first generation American. My, both my parents are from northern Mexico. Awesome. And what so, part of Mexico? So, um, I'm always curious. They're from... Uh, Durango and Chihuahua. Okay, okay. Menso, uh, Menso one's uh, uh, mom was from Chihuahua as well, too, actually. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, it's cool, man. Oh, yeah. I'm always curious because, like, you know, growing up in yeah. L.A., man, Mexican culture has such a big influence on uh, just the city in general, man. I I'm always yeah. curious. And, uh, like well, said, for, you got to be careful from what I understand. You know, like, you don't want to get an El Salvadorian mixed up with an Ecuadorian. Yeah, um, it's like bad juju, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know. And, and I, what the fuck, announced in what? And it's like, dude, you get them mixed yeah. up, you call one or the other, and you give your ass kicked or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty May bad. <laughs> Maybe in certain scenarios, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes. So, uh, so go on. I mean, you were you were DJing, and then uh, what led you back to the art, basically? So then, when I got to high school, um, you know, I, and it was funny because you know I, I was always into hip hop, but I wasn't really paying attention to the graph, even though I'd seen it and it was part of the scene. I, I don't know why I never thought that I could do it or that I was whatever. I just, I just put it up. You know, um, I never thought about it until high school. And um, one day this kid was, uh, we were on the bus. I used to take the bus. Now I grew up in Alhambra and I was living in Alhambra at the time. And I, would, I went to this all boys private school in uh, La Cunada called St. Francis High School. And mm. so, um, it took an hour on the on the RTD back then. Now the MTA. It took an hour on the bus each way. Oh. So I was bored out of my mind, you know. And one day this kid started tagging the side of the window while we were while we were on the bus, and I was like, <laughs> "Dude, what are you doing?" And he just gave me the marker, and he was like, "Just yeah, write something. Just just don't don't put your real name." And I was like, "Oh man!" And so I I wrote Mantronics. That was, uh, you know, one of the bands I was into from New York back in the day. And uh, every day on the bus, he let me borrow his marker, and I was writing Mantronics. And I got hooked. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I just want to do this every day. And so one thing led to another, and I, I started kind of asking around at school. It was an all-boys school, but, you know, back then, <clears throat> not like now. Like, you know, graffiti was really underground. Like, no one, no one walked around, you know, with their – name on their shirt you know <laughs> or, or anything like that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so, totally uh, totally it's like uh it's so it, it was underground it was underground secret secret culture and so i got to meet one person and then they turned into someone else and, and before you knew it um i got to go on the streets and start learning how to how to tag and how to write and uh, my name I realized Mantronics was like way too long for graffiti, and <laughs> like I'll, I'll probably get arrested by the time I get to the X. So uh, 
I, I shrunk it down to, to man. And it was M-A-N, the first three letters. And that became my, my street name was man. And it was so funny because it's such a, such a simple name. And I couldn't believe no one in L.A. had that name before, you know. Um, and so it's, that's, I kept it, man. And then, you know, man one, obviously, just uh, the one being, being the. You're the first one official. to take that name. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, that's how it works. Uh, so I've always, I've, so I've basically been, you know, from Antronics became man and then man one. And that's, that's been my name that, ever man. since. I love yeah. that. Dude, all- I, one of the, one of the um, uh, styles that I've seen of yours that I really, really enjoy are the, the portraits. And yeah. I, I describe it as using um, maybe color fields for different parts of the, uh, of the portrait. And I love, love the way you do it, man. When did oh, you come you. upon that? You know, um, that's funny because, you know, one of the things with graffiti is like, you always have to be unique. You have to have your own, your own style, right? You can't be a you biter. Get much more respect that way, that's for sure. Yeah, you can't be a biter, um, even though now, even that's thrown out the window. But back in the day, I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, you, you can, like, like, if there was someone who, if someone wrote, their name was Ran one, like with an R, like we'd have beef because man and Ran sound the same. Absolutely. Yeah. It was crazy. It was like it was like you had to be really, really, you know, original, unique in in every way. And so, um, yeah, I I always, you know, loved painting and drawing. And so when I started doing graffiti, um, I was I wanted to learn how to do characters, obviously. So I I started learning how to do characters. But I was like, how do I differentiate my characters from everything that's come before me? You know, I was influenced by people from LA like Hex and Slick. Um, Hex is awesome. Oh my god, and, and slick. You know, slick and so like the uh, L.A. hands, the, the yeah. cartoon hands. Yeah, and so back then, like, I mean, slick had a certain way of painting that no one else was doing. Where you would cut back. No one did that before. No one was doing cut, cut you know, cutting into the the character like that. Um, Hex was doing this like three D, really like um, B boy stuff, stuff, but 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 really refined and the colorful and stuff. And no one was doing that. Um, and then obviously all the New York stuff I was influenced by as well, but I always noticed that all the, the way people always did characters was very flat. It was, uh, not, not an LA artist. I'm talking about New York artists. It was always very flat. Like the B-boys, it was like, you know, skin tone, um, you color, you know, and then a, a black outline and then, you know, it was very simple. And yep. so I said, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way where I'm not painting just skin tones, you know? Um, and it took me a while to develop that style, but um, I started doing my characters—not not my portraits, but like characters, like um, like my my creatures and stuff like that. And I started putting a lot of color into them, and that's how I developed that style. And I developed it because um, I uh, I was in college at the time. I went to Loyola Marymount University, nice. and I got my degree in fine art. Nice. And I was doing uh, I was painting in oils in class and stuff like that. In one of my oil classes, I pretty much learned how to paint without an outline, which was the first time I ever thought about doing that, you know? And so I said, how can I, how can I transfer what I'm doing in oils and, and acrylics and do that with spray paint? And so I started messing with that. But then also I was really into, there was this, um, there was this um, illustrator and I think his name was Chris Burke. I think that was his name but I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was Chris Burke. 
and he was uh, he used to illustrate for uh, Rolling Stone magazine, and he influenced me a lot by the way he exaggerated oh, yes. certain things. Yes, I know what you're talking about now. And yep. um, um, he influenced me by uh, just the characters. I was like, oh well, you could really stretch things out and 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 really doesn't have to look stuff. exactly like that person. Like you take one right. little thing and look a yeah. little bit like him, and take colors and just go crazy with it. And right? exaggerated. I know exactly that. who you're talking about. Oh, you're yeah. bringing him up, James? Yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Super so, yeah, cool. So this is. If you see like his color schemes too, right? Yeah. Like it's very, yeah. it's very much like like. You know, that's, so so he really inspired me back then, um, and then and then I started doing portraits of people, and but but realistic, right? Like yes. So my character my characters were crazy, but my my realism uh, my my character my portrait started being realistic, and so then I meshed the two and I said I'm gonna do realism, uh, realistic portraits, but with this colorful palette, you know, and uh, yeah, that's so amazing, I mean, bro. So the first the first time I did that I think was uh, a portrait. It was in '94. I did a portrait um, in Highland Park, a large mural of, of one of my nieces, and uh, that was the first time I painted a a, a you know, portrait in that style. And after that, I was like, okay, people really like this, and I'm gonna keep doing it. You know, I've been doing it ever since, and doing all the other stuff too. You know, so it's it's taken a a long time to really like figure it out but you know dude you do it really well i love seeing it all over the place man so yeah. um and that's it's funny that you mentioned that you uh went to art school and you got the the, the bachelor's degree i actually have the same thing i went to the ringling school of art and design and yeah. um you uh <laughs> when you mentioned chris burke i was like i knew that there, that was the artist i was thinking of when i saw your yeah. work originally years ago i was like oh, man wow. it reminds me of that rolling stone artist a little bit but it's slightly different though right. it's slightly different um, you know, you're using a different medium and everything, but um, man, just uh, the the color combinations and the richness uh, just really stands out and will make an entire street that looks ugly beautiful. So um, yeah, I, I love seeing it, man. Uh, what, what's What's crazy now is like now I, I see all these people tagging me on stuff where they think it's my work, but oh, yeah. it's, it's somebody else's work. It's another artist. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one time. I remember, I think I put a like on your comment. You're like, you know, hands up like, oh, gee, you know, wonder where this style came from. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's weird, right? Because, like, when you're an artist, I think, you know, you have your own way of doing certain things. But everything has pretty much been done before. You know? At this it's point, just, pretty it's much. Just, it's just like you're just doing it a, your own way you know, by the way you think or the way you're adding certain things or whatever. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, nothing's, nothing's hundred percent original. Uh, not anymore. No, not it's anymore. hard. But you know, at the same time in graffiti, like there's always that thing about don't be a biter. Right. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to school the youth on, you know, like sometimes I see these people where like you see their portfolio and they're painting like a completely different style. And then all of a sudden, they do something that looks like someone else out of the blue, just one painting. And you're like, you can't go from that to this overnight. Like it's not, it just doesn't make sense. There's no, there's no progression. It's like, it's obvious that they saw something and they were like, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's okay, that's okay for a little while. That's okay, like, you know, to do that for, you know, a little while till you figure out what you wanna do. 
You and, can't uh, keep doing that. You can't keep. Yeah, it's good to put stuff. your own spin on it. Exactly. You know, no one, yeah. no one wants to see their own style just continually bitten on without some kind of effort at least made to make it somewhat different or whatever. Yeah, right? and I, I, I call out, I call out people when I see it. You know, just because. Um, Bless your heart, man. I wish there were more like you. You know, I, this this one if they, if the truth hurts. Who's fault is it, right? <laughs> it's called tough love. Yeah, yeah, there's one female absolutely. artist. Um, sourdough, let's start with you, my friend. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I want to hear about this female you? artist. I don't want to get away What's from that. What were you saying about this one female artist, man? One, I don't want oh, to. I'll, I'll just say this real quick. Yeah, this female oh. artist recently was biting my shit, and um, <laughs> it was so obvious. And not and the way I you knew, like. Not, not the way, yeah. Not in the good way. And, and it was obvious. It was obvious. I, I, even, I could even tell which piece she was biting from like oh. it was so obvious it was not even just like like the, the place where the like, color combinations and everything right yeah. <laughs> like oh. the nose the cheeks i'm like looking at my painting and like looking at hers and i'm like all right so then i hit her up and i said uh you know you should at least give me some props if you're gonna bite my shit and so she did <laughs> oh she that's posted, cool that's cool and she posted, yeah. she's like she's like oh absolutely you know you know whatever she didn't take it down <laughs> but well dude that's probably because she was proud of what she did because it was awesome you know what i yeah, mean yeah yeah so that's my story so that's cool that's no i love it I, we, we, people want to hey, hear you about know me. what it, you know anytime was it um when you uh what is it the sin sincerest form of flattery is um yeah imitation imitation Plagiarism. imitation <laughs> is the most sincere form of flattery my friend yeah yeah. Oh. Uh, real quick, I wanna I wanna just jump in real quick, and since we're on the topic of imitation, man, I I wanna like bring up the fact that you guys uh, really supported us during our whole uh, when there was a imitation uh, paint the town podcast, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, that, man. I mean, right I mean, there. That's <laughs> so we're talking about. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, like the bully, you know, the, whole... the bully lost one. Yeah, really. Hey, really. Hey, as the young kids say. WTF. Yeah. <laughs> the dog in the background Absolutely. saying WTF right now, too, man. Oh, you can hear that right now? Hold on a second. Good grief. <laughs> I was wondering which screen it's coming from. You, you know, I'm like, who, who, who is it? But, you know, if the audience, if you haven't heard, um, we've been doing, this is the 88th episode of Paint the Town podcast, man. We started this way before <clears throat> uh, COVID and everything like that. You know, we just wanted to basically have this fly on the wall sit down experience with a lot of the artists that you just get to see their art on instagram man you know instagram they control the algorithm and you know who knows what's who sees what man but you know the rss feed the podcast man is a they can't control that algorithm man if you're subscribed you'll see it you know that's why i loved about it and uh basically you guys came and supported us man and that's why we want to connect with you man so sourdough can you tell us a little bit about um your guys podcast man because uh, uh we want to i mean and uh you know how long you guys been doing it for what's the topics you cover uh like i mentioned you, sure. know, you guys are like our brother podcast man yeah man no for sure man i mean we're cut from the same cloth you know i mean brothers from another mother and whatnot um <laughs> you know the um uh yeah so you know well first of all congratulations on 88 episodes <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks man <laughs> like holy shit that's like 88 babies or something you know what i mean like each one is just like such a, a thing right and um and so you know for us i mean we just we had talked about you know doing a podcast for a long time 
Um, we have a friend uh, who has a really successful podcast um, called Adventures in Design. His name's Mark Bricky. Shout out to Mark. Um, and we uh, we were working with him and what have you. Long story short, um, you know, man and I just decided, you know, one day, like, let's buy some mics and let's just do it. You know, like, let's yeah. just, you know, and it was really like an experiment, you know, because it was like, okay, like we knew we wanted to get into storytelling. We knew we wanted to get into helping artists tell their stories and promote their work. And, and that's kind of what we've always done, right? We've always helped artists uh, promote their work. And, you know, man had the gallery for 10 years and crew West. And, um, and so the podcast just seemed like a natural kind of way for us to, cause we were already bullshitting on the phone for hours anyway. <laughs> it was just like, let's. let's and now, and now recording it. So yeah, and now recording it. And that was gold. Gold. Um, Absolutely, so, man. So, People so, want to so be finally, a part of good conversation, man. You, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah continue. Well, and you know, I mean, listen, right? I mean, every cultural dimension, whether it's sports or politics or business or music or pop culture or entertainment, they all have like talk radio formats that support the culture, that support the, the artists and support the industry and the business. Sure. And, right. you know, for like us, it was like, listen, you know, uh, you know, the creative industries comprise a $2 trillion segment of the global economy. And uh, that's via Ernst & Young in 2015, their creative industry survey. The point is, is that there's just not enough talk radio stuff out there. And podcasting is a great way to just like jump in. And so, um, so yeah, so I went to Guitar Center I bought, you know, one of the, 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 the starter kits, you know, 500 <laughs> bucks, you know, my, my, you know, I, I use the, I used the family credit card. My wife got a text on her phone saying guitar center, $500. And she calls me immediately. What the hell are you doing? In guitar center? <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, that's how we, we started. And, you know, I mean, now we're about, you know, 90 episodes uh, ourselves. And, oh, wow. um, you know, but it's been an evolution. I mean, you know, initially, you know, we thought, well, okay, podcasts are long, so let's go short. You know, we'll just do like 20, 15, 20, 30 minute episodes, you know. Well, that lasted, you know, maybe 10 or 12 episodes because of course you know we can't we can't shut up you know what i mean like we just keep talking and so we can like, relate well, that's, sometimes that's bullshit you know what i mean like let's you know so you know the reality is now i think we're you know about hour 90 minutes you know and it just kind of depends on you know the the topic of the day or whatever but for us it wasn't just about the podcast i mean we wanted to create um uh what i'll call like a, a dare i say like a community or ecosystem of programs that would really support artists even beyond the podcast. So we spun off the, uh, the, the grant, you know, we have an artist grant and then we started our conference. We have a, a conference as well. And so, you know, we branded it all under the label of not real art. And um, so, you know, the not real art podcast, the grant, the conference, and it's sort of a symbiotic kind of virtuous cycle of, of programs that support each other and spin off content and stories, you know, so our grant winners become guests on our podcast, you know, the, the, we had, we announced the grant winners at our conference. Uh, many of the speakers at our conference are guests on our podcast, you know what I mean? So it's just this yeah, kind of awesome. uh, self-supporting thing and, and the cycle. Know, we're, just, we're having fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a beautiful I, cycle. That's a way to work it together, man. You help building each other. That's I nice, love that man. because well for, done. for like, a, you know, for what we had basically, LA Street Art Gallery, I mean, um, we've been around as a blog, as a community since 2011 or 12, you know what I mean? And uh, I just felt like, hey, you know what? There's Everybody's interacting on these fa Instagram pages and, you know, whether they like something, whether, you know, some drama's happening between artists <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you know, we try not to cover petty stuff, you, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, there's just, uh, like, there needs to be, like, a lifeline. There's too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we wanted to, like, cover every single time somebody got their feelings hurt, man, you know what I mean? We'd be talking. <laughs> and we kind of learn, man. You know, a lot of people get burned out because they have to take sides and things like that when we start talking yeah. about drama, you know? And uh, <clears throat> half the time, I mean, you know, for us, we just want to give artists a platform, especially street artists, man. There's so little information uh, about especially, uh, you know, street artists that are on the street active right now. And uh, we thought it's a cool uh, opportunity to have like a fly on the wall. A lot of times before we didn't even have the video. So it was just the audio. It was like, yeah. you know, um, and you know, podcasts, like you said, talk radio, they're just uh, an opportunity to like infiltrate somebody's day almost, you know what I mean? You're, you're, people like to listen when they're painting, right? When they're, you know, I, you know, I like to listen to podcasts when I'm having a jog, man, because I'm a musician and normally... Yeah want to have music i want to kind of cancel out the music when i'm not working on music you know so uh, uh yeah. but at the end of the day what i love is like this long form conversation man i mean uh you know we get to really discuss the topics man i hate like on you know cnn or Vox news or whatever you get like a minute and a half and this is screaming match man between like two talking heads you know what i mean so having this platform man i love it man getting to talk to guys like you too you know yeah, we got to support each other, right? I mean, and it's it's such a cool community too. Um, you know, I went to um, the Podfest conference uh, earlier this year in oh. Orlando, and it was my first um, real, you know, experience kind of, you know, going to an industry event, right? And um, it was fascinating because, you know, we had, I don't know, there was probably two, 3,000 people there. Um, uh, you know, all podcasters, right? And it was, you know, everything from, you know, uh, cooking to sports to mm. to storytelling, you know, all kinds of genres and subject matters. And everybody just had this common passion and love for the art form, because it's an art form, it's a medium, right? Podcasting, the, 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 art, the art of conversation. Um, and, you know, nobody's making any money. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no fucking money in podcasting. I had this for Rogan, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, God bless him, right? And, you know, but he's absolutely, absolutely the exception. And, you know, people are, um, you know, sure, some people are making money, but is it a full-time job that supports their their living? Probably not. Most times not. But I mean, that's not why we do it. You know, you do it because you enjoy it, because it's a passion, but maybe it's supporting other things as well. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, building your brand or it's building awareness or it's helping educate or inspire. And that's uh, that's currency enough. Exactly. Absolutely. Influence, I think. Like, you know, there's something like 800,000 podcasts right now. I just Googled it, you know, and there's 50. There's a chart. I, I, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, I'll, I'll have to send you this chart. But like at this conference, because the, the elephant in the room that nobody seemed to want to talk about was they showed this this chart. It was just classic because there were two. Uh, it was a graph chart. Right. And there were two lines. Right. One line was uh, audience, podcast listeners over the last, say, you know, 10, 15 years, however long podcasts have been going on. And then the other line was uh, 
the um, sort of development of podcasts or the, the number of podcasts, right? So the, the number of listeners, the line across the graph was like, like this, like over 15 years, totally flat. You know what I mean? Like, hey, like the same motherfuckers are listening today as they were 15 years ago. Whereas the line on the number of podcasts was a fucking like hockey stick. I mean, it just went. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, man, you know, like good luck breaking through, you know, but people uh, love it and, and it's an awesome art form, you know. Yeah, I think, well, you especially know, during the during the pandemic, you know, it seems like everybody and their sister is starting a new uh, podcast, you know, which is, yeah. I think, what happened with the, 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 you know, with Avery trying to, you know, copy the, the, or at least take our name or whatever. I think he just got bored and was like, hey, you know what? I could probably do a podcast like all these other guys. I might as well, you know, in the pandemic, I got nothing else. I can't go out and party right My brother's now. Alec Monopoly, this. right? I, I can just like, yeah. uh, you, you know, get the... I can you pull know, all these great artists and everything and they can come and talk and be one. You know what? I also have an appreciation for what he's doing, even though, I mean, you know, Hopefully there's some artists that he gets on there that are, you know, that he's helping out and they, they make a good influence in the world and everything. But just from what I've heard about him, that his involvements with art are just not really on the up and up. So let's not talk I've never, about it. Anymore. I mean, I've never met him, but at the end of the day, like all I know is that we have our trademark and, uh, uh, you, you know, I paid a, a good sum of money for that. And uh, I have a <laughs> cease and desist letter if, uh, you know, I, if we... Th- you know, have any more issues, man. Like, but like I said, for me, it's not really about, Hey, you can't have a podcast or whatever. It's not that man. It's like, Hey, let's no, just all work together. That's what I was saying when we were talking about it first, I was like, man, I, I think it's awesome that there is, I, I think there needs to be more of them. And, and I'm grateful. It's just that, you know, I just change that name just a little bit. You know, it's no big deal. He was a graffiti writer. He was a real graffiti writer. He wouldn't be biting your fucking name. <laughs> no, exactly. We are paint the podcast. You know, uh, one. Paint the podcast. Paint the town podcast. One. Okay, that's what we are. That's, yeah, one. That's, that's the problem with street art. See, this problem with street art. <laughs> legacy, and there isn't rules, and there isn't anything. So, fucking chaos happens. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it comes that. down to. We have yeah. definitely an OG graffiti artist, and uh, I would say an OG, you know, street artist, graffiti artist as well. With teach, how do you feel about? uh stencils man one because we've obviously this is this conversation has been talked to death you know but i love to uh ask your opinion on like you know how you feel about stencils because you have you know detailed style without stencils yeah. man, you, you know so uh how do you feel don't feel so, like you're offending me either because i can do uh <laughs> stuff without stencils as well so please don't feel like you're offending me with anything you say no no i i don't care about that so um <laughs> When I first started, right, like there, there was actually some a couple of graffiti artists back in the day that did stencils, but there was like two guys in LA, you know, and uh, maybe three guys, you know, like obviously Chaz Bohorkis was doing his his skull, so you know, there, and then there was these guys, um, this guy Kisser, uh, uh, KTL, Kill the Light, they used to do um, they used to do these fucking like hardcore punk stencils in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, but other than that, there really wasn't any LA guys doing stencils. So when all of a sudden the stencil phenomena started happening, um, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, um, I would, you know, just all graffiti writers were just like, fuck this, you know, these guys are a bunch of toys. They don't know how to write. 
you know, they have no, they have no can control, right? Um, and then people like Shepard Ferry started getting up, and then um, then it got really bad because then people were like, you know, all these other street artists started doing shit, and it was like, well, these guys aren't really learning how to do this on the street. They're just putting it on the street, and they're doing it in a way that you know they're, they're, they've learned from us and they've figured out the you know the best practices and the best way to do things uh, without having to worry about all the other bullshit that you, that you have to deal with when you're a graffiti artist, right? You got to deal with crews. You got to deal with, you know, beefs. And all of a sudden, street artists were like, no, we're just going to come in, kind of side bust and put a little thing up. <laughs> and so at first, at first, like, I hated street artists. I was like, no, man, these guys are whack. You know, I don't like, I don't like any of these guys. I don't like what they're doing. They're putting posters. They're, they're fucking cheating by doing stencils, you know, all that shit, right? And so that was kind of my feeling when it all started going on, you know. Even when I opened my gallery in, in, um, in 2002, I still didn't want to show any, any street artists in the gallery. I wanted to be a hardcore graffiti gallery, right? Um, this is Crew West, right? And then, what's that? This is Crew West Gallery, basically, right? Yeah, Crew West Gallery. So I, 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 was, still, I was still anti-street art. Um, for maybe like the first year but then you know i got to know some of these guys and i got i started allowing some of them to show and then some of them became more famous than other graffiti <laughs> artists and it's kind of like you well okay i'll give you a show or whatever but um but i always wanted I, I always wanted to include artists who had something different to say and the medium didn't become so important after all uh because graffiti artists started branching out too. Graffiti artists started figuring out different ways of painting and different mediums. And so I kind of got like, okay, this is just another expression. And, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to be hardcore about this. Right. <laughs> and then I remember, I remember the, uh, I, we did a show. Um, I think it was, uh, um, I want to say it was LA versus war. I think it was, that's what it was called. Um, it was, it was, no, there was another show before that. This guy, John Carr, I don't know if you know John Carr, but um, he, he curated some shows and he asked me to be in this traveling show that went around the world. Nice. And um, this was after, this was after, um, God, I, I wish I could remember the name of the, of the book he put together. So I can't remember, but he put this book together and this show traveled around the world and it was all pieces having to do um, oh, it was Yo, What Happened to Peace. That's what it was. It was called Yo, What Happened to Peace. And okay. so um, every artist got to do, you know, thing. But the only thing was that the work had to be a print. It couldn't be a painting. It couldn't be a canvas because it was going to travel the world. And so it needed, he needed to be able to put it, you know, to, to travel with it, right? So it needed to be like lightweight and be able to go into large portfolios or whatever. So he said it could be anything uh, as long as it's some kind of print, a hand, a hand print, a stencil, a serigraph, whatever, just no paintings. So I was thinking what to do. So I did my first stencil piece, right? And it was called, it was called Threat Level. You remember uh, after 9-11, uh, all the threat levels that you know, the government would issue. And so it was a spray can and the, the stencil was a spray can and it had a bomb on the spray can. And then the cap of the spray can was sitting next to the can. And it said, the, it said color, color uh, the cap indicates color of threat. 
and so each each cap was either red, orange, yellow, or blue, right? Like the, the different threat levels. And I had I had it I had a little thing on there, and I would just check off which threat level it was, right? So I made like I think it was like a hundred of these prints, and they were broken up, you know, like whatever, fifteen of each color or twenty of each color, whatever it was. I think it was twenty of each color. Brilliant. And that was the first stencil I ever made, and it fucking sold out like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I should have been doing stencils. Like, what am, I, what am I busting my ass for doing all these paintings that take me weeks to paint? And I did this stencil in like one afternoon, and I'm selling each freaking stencil. I mean, it was like 50 bucks at first, and they were selling out so quick. I think we raised the price to like 100 bucks a stencil. And they sold out like so quick. And I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot. I should have been doing stencils like from day one. So that changed my whole mentality about stencil art, you know? So, hey, that's, I wish I could bring it up right here, but I can't awesome. find it. But that's facts, man. That, that's, that's straight awesome. up the truth, man. So, I mean, so I was like, oh, man, you know, okay, I can't, I can't hate anymore. <laughs> Sourdough, what's, uh, let's have your take, please. Oh, man. You Wait, know, how did you guys just, meet, man? I mean, can we ask that before? I mean, um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear that. How'd you guys meet up? Yeah, so I moved to LA in a one uh, from Chicago. And, uh, you know, my background really was more on the commercial art side. I had been a graphic designer uh, working, you know, at ad agencies and branding consultancies um, for clients like, you know, Procter & Gamble or Coca-Cola or whatever. And, um, I helped open a studio in Chicago that did very well. Um, I was moving to LA to actually be with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And the company said, well, why don't you open the studio in LA? Um, you know, because I was going to resign. I was just like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to, you know, chase love. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> so, uh, so they were like, no, 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 go, go to LA, open the LA studio, what have you. So that's, that's what I was doing. But about that time, you know, because, you know, in that world, right, you're, you're, you're being very sensitive to trends in the marketplace or trends, consumer trends and what's influencing what and so on and so forth. And I was just seeing the influence of graffiti uh, art in all kinds of mass communications, you know, um, whether it was, say, if you guys remember, like, the comedy channel, or the comedy, uh, um, what was it, the comedy channel? What the fuck is that uh, comedy cable? Central? Uh, comedy, comedy Central? Central. That's right. Yeah. Like, early on, they had, like, their little branding was, like, the stencil with the spray can, oh, yeah. you know, Comedy Central. Yeah. All oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I was just fascinated, and I was starting to see more and more of that. And, um, and I was a member of the American Marketing Association and was going to, because I didn't know really anybody in LA. So I started going to the chapter, the LA chapter meetings, just network and meet people, whatever. Well, um, one night they were doing a, a panel uh, called Art and Commerce. And it was uh, to talk about this very specific thing, like the intersection of, of, of fine art, if you will, or contemporary art with, with, with commercial art or, or commerce, you know? And, and Man One was one of the panelists on that, uh, on that, uh, that night. And so, because uh, at that time he was doing a bunch of work for Coke and MTV and Pontiac and, you know, Red Bull. And so I couldn't wait to, I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. 
Well, then I ended up not being able to go. I had to like leave town. Something came up, whatever it was. And so I just, I emailed him, cold called him. I was just like, look, I missed you at this thing. You know, I've been, I was looking forward to hearing what you had to say. Um, you know, can I buy you lunch? Can we, you know, get together? And, you know, he hasn't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, man. I love that. So, and, uh, what was the first year that you guys did your podcast? Just curious. Oh, shit. I guess that was summer. What is this? 2020 it was summer of 2018, right, man? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had July of, uh, July of 18. Yeah. Awesome, man. I, I love it because uh, that's kind of close to the same time that we, we did the, uh, our podcast, right? Teach. Cause that was your first solo show. Maybe 25th. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll never forget. It was May 25th. I will live in infamy. <laughs> Well, here's what happened. Okay, here's what happened. James was telling me, "Hey, man, I want to, you know, I want to do this podcast and, and you know, get this thing going." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I'm, I've I've been on podcasts before. I've I can, you know, good with talking with people. I love interviewing people, finding out about more stuff, more artists and, and stuff." But one thing that I was concerned about was I remember I was on a podcast and 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 I'd done like you know they'd ask me a question, I'd given like this really long answer, and I felt like, man, it must have been like. I don't know, half hour <laughs> me talking, right? And it was like only about seven minutes. And I was, I was like, oh, well, fuck, man. We still got a, long talk, a lot of talking to do here and then now, don't we, huh? <clears throat> and so I, was, I had a little bit of concern, but the night before my, my solo show, um, I was actually in the gallery where I was having the show, and I told James, you know, come down. We'll do this the night before. It'll be kind of cool, you know? And he was very, very cool about it. He's like, look, you know, I know you still have some setting up to do. You know, we don't have to do this tonight. You know, we can do this another night. I'm like, no, dude, I'm a man of my word. Um, you know, uh, let's, let's, let's do this, you know. And so uh, we got started. And, you know, just talking about from when we kind of first came into the scene here in, in, in L.A., 2010, 2011. And then um, next thing I know, he was like, uh, that's an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> wow yeah like i got dude i could go on for like hours longer and everything and then that's when i knew i was like you know what i can do this i know i can do this especially if that was just he and i you know and to know that all we got to do is bring in you know someone else man i can easily easily find out about i'm one of the one thing i realized about my myself is i'm good at finding out about people asking questions learning about them <laughs> and stuff like that and if it comes to learning about artists, you know, I'm, I'm even more intrigued, you know, yeah. because it helps me as an artist. It, it, it improves my palate. It makes it even bigger. Um, yeah. And, you know, on top of it, to, to have people that were interviewing actually enjoy being interviewed and, and you know, appreciating the, the, the extra platform and everything, you know, that was just cream on the, on the top. And it was like, man, I could, I could do this forever. You know, I can do this forever and I don't need yeah. to be paid for this. Um, I feel like I'm getting paid in my soul. You know, I just, I feel good every time I do one of these podcasts. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's, that's how we ended up where we are. And hell yeah, man. And you know what? I, I got to tell you guys, we've been, that's an hour, man. You, you know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> what a segue, right? Wait, there's more. <laughs> there is a lot more, man. Definitely, man. I look forward to, uh, you know, uh, cross promoting you guys, um, you know, your podcast and uh, helping to continue to build um, yeah, because absolutely. this is, like you said, you know, this is, this is one of those, um, you know, uh, 
things where you know with art there aren't too many supporting shows yeah that, like there are with everything else like you were talking about they're entertaining um, too you, you know what i mean like there's yeah. always a there's always <laughs> right. some old art professor like telling you about the history i mean very dry stuff you know like well, that's so yeah yeah but yeah never <laughs> boring we cannot be boring yeah, yeah exactly you know fact, dude, with the voice Dude, with your voice, it's butter. It's Everyone loves Raymond. Tell What's my wife that, that, please. Tell my wife. That. What? I can't remember his name. What's that actor's name? Ray Romano. Um, Ray Romano. Thank you. Hey, I, I dude, the, the title, bro. His name. You've got the most Ray. butter voice, man. I well, when, I, when you first started talking to you, I was like, "Who the fuck? That's oh my god! That's I know who that is." <laughs> I can well, you know, I did a lot of his all day. It's awesome. I, I did a lot of his voiceover work. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but you know, but I just want to comment on one thing because you know what you're saying is so important, and we love you guys, and we're going to have you on our show, and we're going to—I mean, this is like the first step in a, in a long journey or whatever the hell that bumper sure. sticker says. But um, awesome, uh, you know. But the but the but the deal is, is that yeah, I mean. Um, bringing that sense of entertainment and joy and passion and fun that we all have, right, in this culture and in this world that we inhabit, and to bring that energy, you know, to the show is 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 the is the value and is the, the secret sauce to like what we're doing, I think, um, in this realm. And you know, it's funny we were talking about your name uh, getting ripped off, which was you know bullshit, of course. Uh, and and you guys were smart and trademarked it. We trademarked trademarked our name as well. Um, but our name, you know, it was funny. Part of the reason why we weren't doing a podcast for so long is that we we didn't come up with a name that we really liked. And one day I came up with not real art, and it was like boom, that's that's yeah. the name. And what's so fun about that name is every fucking art snob that you can imagine does not get the joke. Like, <laughs> They go, what do you, I don't understand. What do you mean not real art? I'm like, they take themselves too seriously, man. You, you know yeah, what I you know, mean? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Every artist, virtually every artist that has heard our name gets the joke, immediately loves it and totally understands, you know, the inside baseball nature of it, you know? Well, it's funny because at the beginning, when, when we came up with the name, you know, Sourdough was sending emails to people and being like, hey, you know, we're doing this thing, you know, and not real art and we want you to be on it. <laughs> We want to feature you as a not real artist. He goes, he goes people aren't replying to me. You think maybe, maybe we have the wrong name. Yeah. Well, well, further to that point, the other day I talked to one of our grant winners, a, a wonderful artist, fantastic human being, Rachel O'Donnell, who won our, our 2018 uh, grant. And we were talking about our name. We were talking about a bunch of shit the other day. And she says, she goes, well, I have to say, like, sometimes it feels weird when I list on my CV that I won the Not Real Art Grant. She's like, I'm not <laughs> really sure. Like I said, I have, uh, you know, we got sponsors, man, uh, that we want to share with you guys, man. And, uh, you know, once this whole COVID thing is over, man, it, we, you know, we'd love to be in the studio with you guys and, uh, you know, have a little meeting to brainstorm too. Cause you know, we're up for an event, man. We're, when this whole thing's over, we're going to have a sticker party. Basically everybody in the art scene, graffiti scene has stickers. Basically we're going to find a venue when, uh, stickers, the merch, you know, the little pins, all those little shit. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, 
you know, I DJ and stuff like that. Man one, if you want to drop a set, man, like, uh, you know what I mean? I know maybe you only do vinyl, man, but uh, you know, actually, you know, you know, I mean, we've had a, this podcast is also a little bit about DJing too. Cause like we've had like Theo on the podcast. Who's also a, a underground. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him as well too, you know, LA DJ as well too. So, you know, all yeah. art shows need uh, music too. Right. So hopefully when this whole thing, uh, blows over, man. We can all get together and, uh, you know, enjoy some beers and, uh, or, you know, just hang out together and trade some stickers, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, Hell yeah. Very cool. Hell yeah, man. So anyways, man, we'd love to invite you guys back again. So, uh, um, you know, exactly. like I said, when this thing's over, man, and, uh, just hit us up if you need anything. All right. Absolutely. You guys man. are the best, man. Thanks for the love. And, uh, we, we look forward to, uh, reciprocating hell yeah so where can we find you man i mean uh where is like the uh, uh website for the uh um you, you know for all your stuff yeah sure sure so um not realart.com uh you can go there to subscribe to the podcast you can go there if you're an artist to apply for our grant uh you can go there to uh, read about our conference which unfortunately we had to cancel the spring due to covid but we're gonna do uh next year uh, you can download our ebook, 100 Top Street Artists. You can read about so many amazing creative professionals uh, that we know and love and, and work with and, and have interviewed. Um, you can, we've also, um, we've just started the Not Real Art School, um, uh, which uh, we'll be talking more about um, uh, soon, where we've got a bunch of educational videos uh, for artists to learn everything from, you know, uh, pitching to copywriting to licensing to nice. branding and all kinds of stuff that's um, awesome so yeah man i mean we're just you know trying to create content um that that celebrates and elevates artists you know we want to empower them and help them be successful tell their stories and promote their work so and on instagram it's at not real art world right yeah at not real art world on instagram and on uh, twitter and um you know a man uh, you know drop your social Yes, yeah, please. Man find one. me uh, at Man One Art um, or ManOne.com, and that's everything's on there. So uh, you know, definitely say what's up. Awesome, yeah. Give give these guys a follow, and uh, I want to thank you guys so much, man. We appreciate you guys, and uh, can't wait to talk to you guys again. And to the audience, uh, love you guys. Take care. Peace. Peace Thanks again, guys. See